It's Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, on March 15th, 2019 in Birmingham, Alabama, we partnered with Ark Stories, which is a storytelling event to tell stories of hope that come from Lifeline. One of our storytellers was Josh Moody, and Josh is our very own. He's our, one of our unadopted field coordinators and a field manager for unadopted. Josh and Kim spent uh, over a year in Uganda serving the people of Uganda in Gulu in northern Uganda. Josh and Kim also adopted from the country of Uganda, and now that Josh and Kim have come back to Birmingham, Josh serves our our unadopted team, as I said, as a field manager where he travels uh, all throughout Africa and Europe and uh, making, uh, setting up and and securing partnerships for unadopted, as well as encouraging our partners on the ground and training up and equipping these churches to manifest the gospel to orphans through uh, unadopted. And so hopefully you will enjoy and listen today at Josh Moody give a story of hope at our Ark Stories event. Hi. I'm, I'm not a vegan. Um, so who remembers... What they were doing on November 8, 2009. Show of hands. Anyone? Glad nobody raised their hand. That would have been awkward. I'm going to tell you what I was doing on November 8, 2009. I was taking my family to church, and it was Orphan Sunday. Um, and if, if, if you're here tonight for Lifeline, you're probably a little familiar with Orphan Sunday anyway. Um, if you're not, what Orphan Sunday is, is a, a, a particular Sunday that churches really all over the world um, they, 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 they bring light to the plight of the orphan, all right? So, so typically the pastor preaches uh, a sermon on orphan care or, or whatever the case may be. And at our church, in the foyer, um, several different ministries had tables, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. So I think Lifeline had a table there, uh, Alabama Baptist Children's Home, Compassion International, all these. So my wife and, and my, my three daughters were going to church, and we were walking through the foyer, and we had decided, we had talked about it already, and we said, you know what, we're, we're going we're gonna to sponsor a child. That's, kind of, that's going to be our contribution to orphan care, right, because you need to do something. And so that was going to be our deal. Um, and as we walked through the foyer, we noticed all the tables, and, and everybody was crowded, and, and, and you know, tables were packed. And, and I'm a fan of the underdog. So we see a little table in the corner, and there was, there was one young lady there, and there, there was... Um, she had kind of a little trifold, you know, uh, display and had some pictures taped to it and that kind of thing. Uh, and she was representing Sunrise Baby Home in Jinja, Uganda. And so we, we kind of stopped and made small talk with her for a few minutes. She was from Georgia and she was just kind of representing the ministry. And um, we found out that Sunrise was started by a Ugandan lady, a young lady that was an orphan herself. She was raised in a Christian orphanage. She got the opportunity to go to college. She graduated in social work, um, and, and God just placed it on her heart to start this baby home. And so she had uh, maybe eight or ten children uh, at the baby home at the time. It was just getting up and running, and they needed support. And so we took our, our daughters to their class, and, and we went on to our small group, and, 
my wife and I talked about it as we're walking, and, and we decided, you know what? Compassion does great things. Lifeline's doing amazing things. But let's, let's look at, at this one. Let's, let's sponsor a child. They need support. Let's, let's go with, with them. And so we go back uh, after church, and we get our daughters, and, and we were going to let them pick out um, our child that we were going to sponsor. And so uh, they, I think at the time, we've got twins, and, and uh, at the time, I think the twins were four maybe, and, and, and our youngest daughter was two. And so they kind of look through pictures, and they're talking, and, and, and they pick out this, this little boy named Stephen. And so they had a, uh, an after picture. So Stephen's this fat, chubby little, little baby boy, and they had his before picture. And in, in, the, in, the, um, in the before picture, it's one of these deals that, that, that you would equate with Africa sometimes. It, he, he was malnourished. Uh, he had malaria. Um, he was brought to the home probably within weeks, if not days, of death. Um, and so Domily took him in, and, and they nursed him back to health, and now he's this fat little baby boy. And so we chose Stephen. And uh, as, as the months went on, I, I didn't think much else about it. I mean, our sponsorship came out of our bank account every month, right? And, and of course, we prayed with the girls for Stephen. And uh, I, I didn't know this, but my wife had remained in contact with the young lady uh, from Georgia. And so they had been emailing back and forth and all this stuff. And, and, and that was November. In January, um, the opportunity comes up for my wife to travel to Uganda. Uh, my wife hates flying which is ironic. I mean, we've, we've lived on the other side of the world for nearly the last three years, but she hates flying. She hated it then. She hates it now. So much so that when we went on our honeymoon, we drove like 18 hours to, to our destination that, that would have taken like an hour and 45-minute flight or something. So, so anyway, but, but, but she says, you know, I, I really feel like God is calling me to go on this trip. I was like, whatever, you know, we'll raise the money. And so, so she prayed about it, and, and so we raised the money, and in March of 2010, she went. And she was there for seven or eight days. She went and served at sunrise. Um, she got to know the ministry a little better. She, she got really close with Domily, and, and she's still one of our good friends today. Um, but she came back, and, and, and I, don't, I don't use um, sayings like this very often, but, but just to say that God broke her heart. I mean, that's like the understatement of the century, right? I mean, some of you, especially ladies, maybe you've traveled overseas for the first time, and you come back, and you're just not right. So, so, like, my wife would come in, and for the first few nights, she's, like, crying herself to sleep after she comes back. And I'm thinking, she's got malaria. She's, something, something's up. And she's just like, no, it's the babies. It's the babies. It's the babies. And, and I was like, what? You know, but, but God burdened her heart so much for those kids. And after about, like, literally, like, 30 days of this, she's out here, and I just kind of rolled over and go to sleep. But... I mean, there's nothing I can do, right? Um, but she comes in one night, and I'm laying in bed reading or something, and, and she comes in. She was doing her um, nighttime ritual, and, and she, she sticks her head in, and she goes, hey. Hey. She says, and this is all she says, will you pray about adoption? I was like, what? Like, we had three beautiful daughters at the time. There was, there was nothing saying that we couldn't have, have more. Um, matter of fact, I think God knocked it out of the park with the act of procreation. So, so that's, that wasn't a problem. 
think I just made it awkward. Um, so my, my point being, there was nothing to say that we couldn't have any more children, right? And so, so I, I'm, I'm, my thought at the time, and don't throw anything at me, just let me finish, was that adoption is fantastic for, for families that can't have children. Man, it's, it's great. It gives parents children. It gives children parents. And everybody wins. That's great for those folks. But I can. And so I, I told my wife, I, I sat there for a minute, and I was like, well, okay. I mean, because I knew she was going to start crying again if I didn't agree to pray. <laughs> and so I said, I said yes, I'll, I'll pray about it. And, and if, I, if I tell my wife I'm going to do something, I do it. Okay? So, so I, I committed to pray about this whole adoption thing, whatever was going through her head. And over the next few weeks, I, I really began to dig into God's word about, about what this orphan care thing was and about what this adoption thing was all about. And as I prayed, you guys have heard already, it's the same story over and over again. God showed me that adoption is not just placing children into families. Adoption is a picture of the gospel. It's the most tangible picture of the gospel we can think of. You take a fatherless child and you put them in a home. You give them a father. You give them a family. And that child becomes an heir. That child inherits all the rights that that father has to offer. And that's exactly what we see with the gospel. And so as, as God began to soften my heart and as I began, as I began to pray... It was, it was an, a resounding yes. Okay, okay, I'm on board. Like, I get it now. I see. God speaks to my wife first all the time. It's not fair, but he does. And so I, I go back to her a few weeks later, and I was like, I'm, I'm in. Like, I get it now. I understand. Let's go. Um, and so we, we, we began. Now, if you know, if you've ever looked into anything about adoption, if you know anything about adoption, it ain't cheap. Um, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, and so... We weren't rich, and, and usually those two things don't go together. <laughs> if you have something that's not cheap and somebody that's not rich. So, so we, we, began to, we began to downsize. We began to yard sale. We began to fundraise. We, we put our house on the market. We were going to downsize to a lower house payment. And I, I, I realistically thought this is awesome, but it's going to be like five years, right? It's, it's, it just is. But we, we, we decided we were going to do it, and so we started to pursue it. So fast forward to like August of 2010, um, we were headed to church again, so like God does stuff on Sundays. Um, we were headed to church again, I, I, I taught a small group with my wife, we led a, a young married small group, and, and I wasn't feeling well that morning, and so I said, well let's just take two cars, um, and, and I'm going to go home after Sunday school and, and you, know, you and the kids can stay for church, and so she said, okay. So we did, I taught my class, I left, came home, and I'm laying in my recliner watching um, the Ravens play somebody, I don't remember who they were playing, that, that's irrelevant, I don't even know why I threw that detail in there, um, <laughs> but I'm watching a football game and my phone rings, and it's like 1230, and it's my wife, I said, hello, she says, hey, how you feeling, and I was like, oh, I'm feeling better, and she sat there and she said, God is good. I was like, well, he is, but I wasn't that sick. Like, I didn't, I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is not like a, it's not like a Lazarus moment where, you know. Um, but I said, yeah, yeah, he, he is, but like, why in particular today? And, and she, she proceeds to tell me that after church, um, she's walking with two close friends of ours, a husband and wife, 
and the husband kind of breaks off and goes to their car, and the wife continues to walk with, with my wife, and um, the lady says, um, Kim, I need to talk to you about something. Kim is my wife, and, and they continue to walk, and, and she said, um, God laid this on my heart several weeks ago, and she said, I was terrified to tell my husband because I thought that he would think I was crazy. I thought that he would think I had lost my mind, that we're being too radical and, and all this other stuff. And she said, but I, I couldn't shake it. Like, I couldn't get away from it. And finally, I, I sat him down the other night, and I, I told him what God had put on my heart. And she said, he turned white as a ghost. And she's like, I've, I've done it now. Like, he's going to think I'm crazy. This is it. And she said, he looked at me and said, that's the same thing God placed on my heart, but I was just afraid to tell you. And she said two things. She said, first of all, you cannot tell who did this because we, we want people to look at the Lord and not at us. And she said, second of all, you cannot say no because this is God's money. This is not our money. And she handed my wife an envelope and she walked away. And by this time, my wife is bawling. And she said, Josh, I opened up the envelope and there are two checks in there for $25,000. She said, we can go get our son now. That was a prerequisite. I had to have a, some more testosterone um, in our house. And so, so the next day, we, we began the process. Like, we called Lifeline, and we're like, let's go. What, I mean, like, what do we need to do? Let's get it going. And, and, and Claire Davis was our, our social worker and just walked us through everything. And, and I could stand up here for hours and hours and hours and continue to tell you about ways that God opened doors that are just as miraculous as that, but, but I don't have time and these pews are hard. And, and so, <laughs> as we walked through our adoption journey, one son turned into two sons, and, and so God just continued to move. And, and so I, I tell this story, yes, to talk about how beautiful adoption is and how wonderful adoption is and how God places the fatherless in families. But I also tell this story um, just, just to, to remind you that maybe tonight you need to know that God is a God of the impossible. So like when you're facing a circumstance, maybe you're in the same situation I was, and you say, I want to bring a baby home, but it's going to be like years. Maybe it's not going to be. Maybe, maybe you're, you're staring down a, a, a disease or, or whatever the case may be, but just understand that, that God is in the business of working these things for his glory. And, 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 and you may um, wonder what happened to the um, chubby little uh, kid that we sponsored, little Stephen. Um, he's probably on my couch right now playing Fortnite because he's my, he's my boy now. So thank you guys so much. Well, we hope you enjoyed this story. And if you are enjoying the Defender podcast, will you please go to your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating? These ratings help others be able to find the Defender podcast and to be able to get the content that we are putting out. So rate us today as that not only helps us know what you're thinking, but it also helps others find the podcast. Well, thanks for listening to Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel for you to impact the life of a child? 
please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.